Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, the kobolds have arrived and are settled in their new home. But our heroes didn't have time to throw a housewarming party as Thontorvrak, the blue dragon they've talked with in the past, started to send messages. And more messages, asking more and more troubling questions. Travancore has just enough time to chat with Veng Ashdocker about his cousin and receive the book of spells that they both used before the group rush off to the remains of Redlarch to finally give the dragon the meeting it's been demanding. They discover that Thontorvrak has been scrying on the group and seems to know quite a bit about what they've been up to, as well as the fact that they have one of the instruments of the bards. But... He's persuaded to give the heralds a little bit of time to take care of Travancore's curse. Once finished, they promise to reconnect about a job the Blue Dragon has in mind for them, and it seems satisfied to be able to say in the meantime that it has some fate changers under its employ. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Crazy. I have a Jack and Coke. Yay! I think I tried to drink this the other day, and then, like, I had a haircut or something. And so I'm finally back to just... And I, I got an actual Coke out of a glass bottle. So I have a Mexican Coke, and I have the Jack with honey. And I'm probably going to be high on sugar for the next couple of hours. But, oh, it's delicious. Bernie, what are you drinking? Once again, friends, I just have been ill in all kinds of fun ways. So mm. I have a hot tea and a really pretty mug. Oh, it's just this lovely green. Uh, it is. This is off my registry, so I'm especially. Uh, but I have a chocolatey chai, and it's it, it's fantastic. It is grocery store brand chocolatey chai, and goddamn, it's good. That's all that matters. It's good. Doesn't matter, you know, brand. Who cares? If it's good, that's all that that is. That's all your mouth cares about. In case you Canadians were wondering, it's President's Choice. Is that the one that's the like you can get stuff for a buck? No, that would be No Name brand. Oh yes, because they there. It's literally called No Name, and so everything is like No Name tuna, No Name like it's the can of tuna is a big yellow label, and it says No Name tuna, and it's like it'll be like No Name cheese, which I don't think I. Yeah, there's some things that I would would probably avoid, but others I'd be fine with. Moving on, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Medge Muscular, and tonight I also have a cola-based drink. It is a bottle rocket. Yeah, it's Yay. one of my favorites. You hear it get mentioned a lot because it is super easy, because I'm already pouring myself Fireball, and it just makes it a one-pour stop. I'm so glad that you like it. <laughs> I really do. And there's a variant that a uh, friend of the show, Izzy, recommended. I just don't have all the ingredients, but I will try endeavor to have it for next time. And uh, today's shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to the Rooster Teeth Community Forums, uh, which Aww. after a long bout of sickness with bots and... It just all sorts of uh, of issues. It has closed down. The legacy site is is down. There is a community site that is still there, but our profiles had been actually preserved for quite some time. I think like 2011. No, no, 
Shortly after the PHB site, for right. sure. It, like, this is pretty much like corporate green, like that first changeover. All of that survived. And that was actually one of the problems that the site had was it was built on such rickety foundations that it got to where it was just impossible to scale up. So that's one of the reasons why the site is gone. Uh, the legacy site is gone. But it was, uh, it's a bit sad. And I know that it's important to all of us, or at least it was at some point, because that's where we all met. And yep. yeah. this shot of Fireball, coincidentally, in an Austin Dave & Buster's double shot glass, is for you, old RT site. We'll be seeing you. I'll, I'll miss all of my awards. Aw. There we go. Moment of silence moment for the RT site. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unintentional moment of silence. Yeah, I just got uh, really sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But you know what? The important thing is that you know, we're all still friends and around, and you can still go to Rooster Teeth and see Red versus Blue, so it's fine. Travancore, what are you drinking? Boas Pessoas de Feyrun. Portuguese speakers, let me know how I did. Awesome. Travancore's choice this evening is Reed's Extra Ginger Brew. It's an all-natural Jamaican-style ginger beer. I was saving this for a Moscow Mule, but, you know, with minutes left before I had to come up here with something, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to come up with water. The mango juice is probably too thick. Water's great. What's wrong with God's Ale? (laughs) God's Ale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to call it that for the rest of (laughs) Pretty much. But yeah, so... I was saving it for a Moscow Mule, but uh, but sadly, don't have any alcohol in the house. So this is the most interesting thing we had to drink. So uh, bottoms up. Hey, ginger beer is really good. Oh, it yeah. is. Oh, my gosh. My wife asked me to, to have some. This has been sitting in our fridge for close to six months now. And the Moscow Mules have never happened. But now I'm thinking as I get closer to, uh, to a lot of traveling in the next couple of months, maybe I need to restock up on this stuff. Yeah, the holidays are coming, and we've all got travel, and that includes Carlton. What are you drinking? It me. Uh, I've got Moonshine Sweet Tea Cherry Limeade today. I also like how, and I just realized this, because it's called Moonshine Sweet Tea, they have a nice little label that says, not alcoholic. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you first mentioned that, I was like, whoa, brother. uh, Yeah. Please. Yeah, sober, sober John going straight to Moonshine uh, yeah. would not be pleasant. There were steps, man. <laughs> Wagon's still heading to Oregon. We're fine. Even when I was drinking, I couldn't do Moonshine. I was like, uh-uh, no, gross. The last thing you drank was Moonshine. <laughs> and that's yep. where I ended up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Moonshine is can kick you. Uh. It'll get you. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's nice and sweet and tart, and it's lip-smacking good, as the label says. I'm not going to smack my lips because I would have to edit that out and that would be bad. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, mouth noises, everybody. Really. Thanks. I love you. This is the ASMR portion of the, the No, it's all being cut. It was pay- paywall shit welcome, right here. No. Dungeon Drunks. We're going to talk about mouth noises. And, uh, tut, tut. That's that she well, said. This is the rest of this, the rest of the episode now. That's this it. This is Patreon Multiple right here. Our, oh, our yeah. game Today, is just going to be I, us uh, being Ira Glass I now. Have, That's I just how it's going to work. All right. Well, you know what? You all can continue to make mouth noises. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm more of a Sarah Koenig for your information. <laughs> I can respect that. I'm going to do my best Matthew Iglesias and just speak in total vocal fry as a man. I'm good at I'm, <laughs> Which is hard. I don't know how he does it. It's just, it's not I good. I don't know how Warren does it. Several minutes of warm up before every Heroes of the Vale. And then this is not so bad. Also, Nine gallons of hot tea. <laughs> lots, lots of tea. Yeah. Also, Nuclear you know, you, Wessels. Yeah, when you're playing a D&D game you don't t- <laughs> and you're a character, you don't 
talk the whole time. So it's not like, you know, it's not so bad. Anyway, all of that aside, you're all in the ruins of Red Larch moments after your friend, Thantorvrak, has flown off into the wild boo yonder. It is late in the afternoon. What would you like to do? Guys, we just got varacked. Ugh. Oh, that's a thing. Boo. Hashtag varacked. Hashtag varacked. No more verbic nouns, please. Do uh, I- Jonathan the Metromuscular is kind of like slipped into acceptance. It's like, all right, well. So, off, off to Mirabar then. Do we need to go like... We should probably head back to the Amethyst Acropolis. Yeah. And leave from there. And then, yeah. Oh, the the bandolier is in the pocket house, right? The mandolin. The mandolin. The bandolier. <laughs> the bandolier. The bandolier of mandolins. The bandolier of ammo. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yeah, we put it uh, Put it in there. Did we hot? Is, is the portal to the pocket house still open? Can we go and grab it or... No, no, you, okay. no, you literally closed. walked in, you put it somewhere, you did not tell the audience, and then you came right back out and closed the pocket house. So you right. have to wait uh, until tomorrow around noonish to be able to open it up again. Okay, well, we can get to Waterdeep now, and then we can kind of bum around, and then maybe tomorrow we grab the instrument, deliver it, and just to make sure that it's not our problem anymore, and then we can head to to mirror bar now now we had uh jonathan the muscular is trying to remember if we had like mirror bar was where the teleportation circle was that we are that we can get to right and then there we're huff, from there we're hoofing it right i believe that was it to the spine yeah because you cannot the place that you're going in the spine of the world has no access except for on foot which is on purpose because of right. what they're hiding. But yeah, you were told when you were ready to go to go see uh, Lyra Mesa, who is the head of the Tempest Temple in Waterdeep, and that she would make sure that all the right people knew she'd get you the information and get you out there. So, so yeah, out let's, to Mirabar. Let's get home to Waterdeep. We'll check in with Lyra, you know, so that they she can start getting her stuff in order. Do the Amethyst Acropolis, kind of give it a day. Get our the mandolin from the Modrons, who I'm pretty sure are rocking out right now. I'm just imagining like smash cut to wherever the mandolin is. Listen, he's got like five arms. He can shred like crazy. And then yeah, he's just doing this. Like he he's like headbanging. He's got an extra appendage up in the air, throwing the horns. And the, the other two are like the audience, and they're throwing the horns and just moving. He's got five arms. Imagine how well he shreds. Yeah. I wait. What? You gave Winslow to the Modrons? No, I did not. I did, I put it in a place. I think Carlton's having fun, although that is quite fun. I'm just picturing what I would be doing if I found a mandolin just sitting there. Listen, if we if we open the pocket house, we've got three de- dead Modrons. Well, yeah, stuff happens. Well, that is your own. Did fault. you tell them not to play it though? Uh, that was not, I, ba- listen, Jonathan the Magimuscular literally ran in, put it somewhere, and then ran back out. Where'd you put it? we were in a hurry. It's fine. Where'd you put it? Jonathan the Magimuscular starts making the teleportation circle. But, but, but where, where'd you put it? And I imagine, <laughs> like, as he's, like, you know, tracing the rune, you know, in the minute, like, Carlton is just, like, if he, if Jonathan walks, he, Carlton follows, like, really close. Like and kind then, of looming, and, and just then I'm like, like hey. Bernie, I, I think he's ignoring me. 
Yes, he is, but I'm more concerned about the current well-being of Winslow. Who's Winslow? The, the mandolin. I named it Winslow. Why Winslow? It sounded like a good name. It is a pretty good name. Chester needed a friend, or Kevin needed a friend. Chester only appears every now and then and is generally blue and lasts only about a minute, so I figured Kevin might be lonely. Hmm. So, lo- lots of different shapes, that one. All right, and as Jonathan the Metromuscular finishes up, he takes one of the uh, one of the 50 gold diamonds, holds it up, crushes it in his fist, and a uh, ball of force emerges as it starts to envelop the encircled area. So, it's like, okay, it's happening! Does it turn to sparkle dust? In my head, you, the magic lets you actually crush a diamond. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, it weakens it, and that's the last part. It's it's a very muscular way to cast Teleportation Circle. All right, you're heading back to the Amethyst Acropolis? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you teleport back to the familiar surroundings. You arrive and find that usually you're met by a ras, but... In this case, there's just still a couple of those archers, those elven archers that are keeping an eye on the the place that you come back to. They're not quite as jumpy as they were before, but obviously this place is still being guarded in a way. They recognize you and let you through, but Aras is not there. Jonathan Magmuscular does a salute, but when he does, he just, he does a John Cena salute where his bicep just bulges. He's like, as you were. And really, he just did the salute just to flex. They look at you and shrug because they hadn't saluted you in any way. So they're continuing to just stand there doing what they were before. Yeah, it was just an excuse to flex. As we walk past them, I kind of whisper, show off. Look at these peaks, bro. And he like points at his peaks. Just like, and I just like lift mine up. And I'm I like, would imagine. So I imagine that that Carlton's bicep is much bigger but Jonathan the Match Muscular maybe is a little more cut. Oh, well then. Do we need to roll for this? But jo- I, I would no, rather it's in not. our stats. <laughs> it's yeah. in our stats. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Carlton's strength is 20. <laughs> yeah, he's the second most strongest part. He's the second strongest person in this party. Would Shadow be the second strongest? I think, wait, because what's, what's your strength? 16. Uh, yeah, because I think Shadow, Black Bear is 18. Bernie has a 14, so she's probably just as muscular. Yeah, Shadow has a 16 only. So you're as muscular as the bear. Shadow like one of those uh, those you see on Reddit, those dogs that are just all muscle. <laughs> 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 and does he's been mistaken for well, the bear. You know, uh, he's an absolute unit. Because Travancore, your strength is pretty low, right? Uh, yeah, Travancore's strength is like an, like an 8. <laughs> yeah, so you've got like these, you know, like just like this like line of musculature where it's like, Carlton, Shadow, and Jonathan. Bernie's got like a little bit of shredding, and then you got the twig. I imagine <laughs> Bernie's structured like a gymnast. Like they're 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 compact, and there's a lot of yeah. power in there. Yeah, I always thought Travancore is very thin and wiry, like you know, in good shape, but not particularly strong. Yeah, that makes total sense, especially with your dexterity. Yeah. All right, where are you headed off to? If you don't mind, uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is actually going to stick around the Acropolis and uh, and just talk with with Belana, Belana, Belana Zadok, Zadok. Yeah, just uh, just let her know what's going on. You know, kind of smooth things over. Let her know that she's going to get the uh, the mandolin tomorrow uh, because we st- <laughs> and and she he, he's actually going to explain uh, to her everything about what the dealing with Thontor Brack like. Okay, so here's the deal. And 
I don't know if you want to RPA out that conversation, but because oh, it does. Oh, I do. Oh, God. Okay. So Jonathan the Medge Musket is like, okay, guys, um, I'm going to go see uh, Master Zedok. I'm going to catch up with you guys. Uh, pray for me. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Uh, blessings stay upon you. And um, she's going to like make a fake religious like. Like, <laughs> like she's just gonna be like. Mm. She's gonna do one of these like. <laughs> she's gonna kind of go blah 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 blah, and then she's gonna just go at her face, and she's gonna you'll be great, <laughs> and she's gonna head <laughs> off to the the tempest. And as we're walking away, I give uh, Jonathan a firm baseball butt pat. <laughs> Thanks. Trevor, not being very religious, remembers a salute that looks not unlike what Arnold River does on Red Dwarf. <laughs> Thank, thanks, guys. As they go yeah. past I, I the got arc. that travel court. That made me so happy. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, so your the rest of your companions head off. I'll I'll give them a little bit of time to figure out what they want to do. Jonathan, you ask around and very quickly, uh, Bolana is there. She she actually comes to meet you in the office space that is usually where Arasic is, and she arrives kind of in a hurry. It's towards the end of the day, and you can tell that she's frazzled she comes walking on it and says oh okay yes hi uh hello i was not expecting you i just received a very cryptic message from Ras, and i was i guess expecting to see you with him so and jonathan starts doing the thing where he, he was doing last time where he's like hmm ha huh, hands uh, praying, hands pointing, hands coming down, and, and then he really catches not himself. There to help you. Yeah, Ber- uh, yeah. Thanks to Bernie's help last time, she he kind of catches himself, and he's like, "Okay, so we came back early because of a development. So the good news is that um, the the mandolin will be in your possession tomorrow afternoon. The bad news is the the reason why we have to wait tomorrow afternoon." <laughs> is because we stuck it in an extra dimensional space because of, of acquaintance of ours, uh, a uh, blue dragon named Fontorfrak, who seeks these mandolins and all the uh, instruments of the bard, found us, had been scrying on us, knew we had one, uh, tried to get it from us. We convinced him to uh, to not take this one, but may have committed to doing him some services later on and, uh, and maybe finding another instrument for him specifically because he was going to get uh, kill us and he does lightning and he also does spells. Did you know that jewel dragons can do spells? He scried on us and he was invisible. Uh. Well, that explains why you were so concerned about dragons earlier when I was trying to get the instrument to begin with. Okay. An extra dimensional space? Yes. So some time ago, my companions and I were granted- You know what? I don't need to know all of the details. Yes. You only have access to this every once in a while? Yes. It basically has to reset. And since we stash the- instrument in this space so that even if Thontorvrak killed us, he wouldn't get it, and only we knew where we where it was, then uh, it just needs to cool down. So, so we'll be able to get access to it tomorrow. All right. Well, I was hoping to get it back just after you had had some fun with it, but I guess this is a little more serious. Also, now the cryptic message I received from Aras makes a lot more sense. Yeah, blue context. dragon. Yes, yes. Spellcasting blue dragon at that. Uh, as they get older, that's a distinct possibility. You have to be careful about the smart ones. So, are you off to go do your your whatever you're doing for this dragon now? No, 
through our adventures, we came into contact with uh, with a devil that had a pretty... You know what? Maybe I don't need to know about that either. <laughs> We're going just... to the spine of the world for an, for an errand. Uh, and uh, the the personal salvation of of one of our friends, and possibly making sure that a, a certain demon can't come back. That sounds lovely. Good. Uh, give me a report when you get back. Give me the instruments when you can, and when you do get this favor called in by this dragon, please keep me apprised. I I like to know what all of the powerful creatures in this area are trying to accomplish and if this one is also trying to collect those instruments then we'll have a bit of a competition on our hands and i'm eventually going to have to deal with that yeah we we don't like being we're we're not totally bending to his will he did listen to us when when we made an argument about keeping this instrument so he's not unreasonable but like you said you got to watch out for the smart ones and Thontor of Rack is quite intelligent. Let me, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and go to the uh, to the scribes area, and I'm going to write a report about all of our dealings with Thontor of Rack up to this point, just so you have a little bit of intel uh, that you can go over later. I would appreciate that. And at that point, if there's anything else you feel necessary to keep us informed about, you can write it out and give us the the full details about this demon devil what was it uh, why don't i just yeah i'll just i'll 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 make a report about that too yeah yeah yes well, we killed a dragon in that one there seems to be a, a lot of dragons in your no wonder you were so concerned about them earlier okay yes. well things are starting to make a little more sense uh context as you said is very important i will see you tomorrow at what time uh well our our house will open up uh afternoon it'll be it'll be after after 12 bells or mid the midday sun would you want to go to lunch? Tomorrow, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, what's your intentions here right now? Uh, so my intentions is to to schmooze up to a superior uh, who I, I actually, since I don't I have no idea what Belana looks like, this is strictly based on on my respect for her as a wizard. So if she's a if she's a babe, great. <laughs> if she ain't, eh, still 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 would make for an interesting lunch. You know, talk magic. I mean, you know, she is one of the the heads of the Amethyst Acropolis. She is very specifically the research coordinator. So yeah, she is. She's on the level of her ass and certainly fairly powerful. She gives you a curious look and then seems to intuit your intent and says, why don't you just let the front desk know when you've got the instrument and we'll go from there. No problem. Ooh, shut down. Yeah. <laughs> he goes well, there's up always the Dorveen. Kapow! I mean, there really wasn't any intention there, but, you know. You hear, like, in one the, in the, like, now you know music, HR violation avoided. <laughs> <laughs> the HR gnome comes with a packet of papers, and then, no. like, it's turned <laughs> down, no and the HR gnome meditation. runs away. <laughs> hold on, hold on, let me get this right. No need for mediation. Yeah. <laughs> no HR violation. You do get the sense that she she appreciated the attempt, but mm, 
considering the dealings you've had with her this far and how frustrated she has been with you, this is less about any personal interactions and more about uh, what she thinks about the Heralds of Greenest. Like I said, there was the intention was also to kind of smooth things over. So, well, that is apparently not the way to do it, although she does not take offense. So, OK, uh, you said you were going to go and and. Fill out a full report in triplicate. Yep. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular, you know, finds a, a free writing desk, sits down, cracks his knuckles, and then just, he sets out a little a little uh, tray of, uh, or a little pile of snacks for for uh, bucks as he just starts writing. Do they have carbon paper in Faerun? No. Oh. No, but they have magical ways of, of making multiple copies. So they there. don't need carbon paper. They've they've got spells for that. They've got mage hands and unseen servants and all kinds of stuff. There's this guy uh, in, in down in the basement named Hugh Xerox. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows exactly one spell. That's what he does. He is he is there to just yeah. Hey, it's not Razo at least, so Are you a fan of fantasy role-playing? Looking for more D&D action outside your normal campaign? Do you enjoy laughing uncontrollably? Look no further than the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. Follow the continuing adventures of Tug, Durf, and Carl as Dungeon Master Joe leads them on the adventure of a lifetime. We're four 20-somethings with dull jobs by day, letting our inner nerd kids shine in our first ever 5th edition D&D campaign together. Fans are calling it a gripping tale with a talented cast, a large source of encouragement to get myself in my own D&D group, the funniest D&D podcast I've ever listened to. But don't take it from them. Check out You Meet in a Tavern for yourself on all your favorite podcast apps. That's You Meet in a Tavern, because every good story starts in a bar. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have, and speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on October 27th, 2019 at 8 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. S-I-N-D-B-A-F-T-G-Y-B-E so use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Okay, so while you are doing that, the rest of you, what, is there anything in specific you'd like to do? Or are you just going to go fart around until Jonathan is done? Bernie's going to go to the temple since it's her contact. Tell them, like, arrange a time. Oh, you mean the, the, the temple, Tempest. the Tempest Temple. The Tempest Temple. Okay, the temp- sure. You said the temple, and I wasn't sure which one you meant. If it, you know, I don't yours. think there's a, there's not, we established there's no temple to bay here. Not an official one, no. There's just that area uh, beneath the, uh, where the Gnomish Enclave is that has all the different altars, but, but you're right. Are the rest of you going with her, or are the, the rest of you doing other things? I'll go with Bernie. 
I don't got anything to do. Travancore and the book that he got from Vang are going to head back to uh, to the Golden Griddle or the Golden Rock Tavern. Okay. <laughs> and that is Bernie, if you don't mind my company. I don't mind. Yeah, you can come along. Okay, let's go. So they go, uh, Travancore. Just to be just to be clear, because of the way you said it, are you doing anything in specific there? Travancore is going to go to his room and uh, figure out whether it's safe to read this book or not. <laughs> Basically. Okay, let's let's start with you. How so? You go to your room. Shadow follows you. You close the door. Gastaka's happy to see you. How would you like to determine the safety of this book? Hmm. Well, I guess Travancore has had enough like interactions with uh, with demons and devils and the like to be able to feel sense their evidence. He wants to just sort of into it, basically, by feeling around the edges of the book, like um, like whether there's anything on it. And he does. He's not in the, as good a position as Bernie or Jonathan is to do this, but. But he's not even sure whether he's going to read this. He's not, now he's not, Travancore at this point doesn't even know whether he's going to keep the book. He might just end up burning it because he's that afraid of it. Okay. Are you looking for Are you looking for physical traps or are you looking for m- mental insight? I would say more mental insight. All right. Give me an insight check. Ah, uh, wish my insight score was better. Let's find out. Going to insight a book. Why <laughs> uh, not? Five. It's a book. Ah. Uh. <laughs> it's got pages. Does not have a lock on it. It's not a huge book. It's not a tome, um, but it is. It feels weighty. It has a, a a very plain, solid black leather cover that has no markings on it that you can see. And from holding it, you can tell that it's not like it's not magically bound in the sense that. You know, if you're if you're holding a book and you're holding the spine of it and the, the pages are up, you can feel that the book just by gravity wants to open. You can feel this in this this book. So it doesn't appear to be locked in any specific way. Travancore wants to sort of check against the history of the things he's learned to see if there's any encounters with a book like this before in, in the history of his people. Give me a history check. Makes sense. That would hopefully better bonus there. Don't want to keep doing this. Oh wow. Okay. So uh, so five, but uh, that's oh, a, that's, a, that's a natural one. Why? Why? Why the natural one? All right. So so when Travancore was being tutored and under the tutelage of Sribot Balak Bonaventure, uh, Travancore's attention was not always what it was now, and it took a lot of discipline and years to get to the point where, even though he's not super intelligent naturally, that he got himself to the point where he had the discipline and the uh, the really the thing to learn. So I think the time where anything might have been mentioned might have been when Travancore was sort of looking out the window, like wishing he was out in the, in the woods instead of like sitting behind a desk and, and hearing writing down recitations. The, the 2020 hindsight of, of our old age is we wish that we'd paid attention when we were younger. Art imitates life. Hey, listen, you, you're speaking. I, I remember that. Yeah. I, I'm going to let you mull over this book for a little bit. We're going to jump over to Carlton and Bernie, who are heading over to the Temple of Tempest. Are you doing anything along the way, or would you like to just go talk directly to Lyra? I think we should stop for churros on the way. Is there like, a place to churros. churros stand in Waterdeep? There is now. All right, churros it is. <laughs> yep, it's going to be a couple of copper. How many churros would you like? Uh, um... A fistful of churros. I feel like Bernie can probably eat about two regular-sized churros, and Carlton can probably eat about 20. Yep, I'm just gonna, uh, fistful of churros. That's the, that's the name of my, my, uh, debut album. 
Bernie goes, um, can we have 22 churros and three things of chocolate dipping sauce, please? Uh, he is all out of the chocolate dipping sauce because it is the middle of the winter and the outdoor stand that he is in, they he can't have just an open thing of dipping sauce. But he does have fresh hot from the inside oven churros with the sugar and the the cinnamon ready to go. No chocolate dipping sauce. It is the equivalent of February in Faerun. It is freezing cold. I, I'm okay. Um, 23 churros and no chocolate dipping sauce. Uh, he hands over 24 and gives you a look and says, I'll have for next time. Thank you, sir. And Bernie takes four and gives the rest to Carlton and she feeds two to Coco Snoop. Ha! Carlton puts a move. Ha! I feel like Carlton <laughs> and Coco Snoop make the same. That's exactly what I was going to say. You hand over one of the churros and it's like a mirror. It's Coco Snoot and Carlton both have this excited ha face and then like a churro's gone. It's just gone. And she does something. You have napkins uh and he reaches behind the counter and pulls out uh, what looks like a towel and and says no but just don't walk off with it oh thank you and she's bernie's gonna delicately eat her two churros and then stand there with the towels waiting for carlton to finish. uh bernie did you put the everfresh box in the bag of holding um yeah i think i did cool i'm gonna i'm don't- gonna reach in the no. Reach in the bag, Everfresh box, and I'm going to put 10 churros in it. And I'll put it back in the bag of holding. If there is sugar all over that Everfresh box. Bernie, now we have fresh churros for later. And now, don't you want to share with Jonathan Travancore? Um, Carlton, you... taught you... me sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Do you... Do you remember the last thing we kept in the Everfresh box? Yeah, it was a heart. Okay, then. All right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you remember. <laughs> Well, okay. Jules and the DM are on the same wavelength. That is the second time in the last several moments and where we have thought the same thing at the same time. And Bray's going to scratch her head and she's going to make Carlton bend over and she's going to kind of like lick her hand and wipe it on his mouth and then take the towel and like wipe all the sugar. And And she's like, you cannot go into that temple covered in sugar and cinnamon. I don't think they've ever seen anything that sparkly. Yeah, that's true. It It would be disrespectful to the gods. And I just think it might blind them. Uh, and she says, thank you. And hands back the towel. He takes it and gives you a wave. Uh, you head on over to the temple? Yes. You do not have a problem getting an audience with with Lyra. It actually happens very fast as the, the day is coming to a close here in Waterdeep because the, the sun is going down and it gets super cold in the winter. So everybody wants to go home when there's still light outside and get a fire going and get nice and warm. So you can tell even the battlements of the the Temple to Tempest here are, are starting to shut down a little bit. Uh, Lyra is, you are brought to her office and she is gracious and is happy to see you but you can tell right away that she's like not just multitasking but like doing four things at once her her desk is covered in paperwork uh and she apologizes to you and says i'm really sorry i don't have uh, extra chairs for the moment i no I'm trying to take care of several things at once that's okay I'm, standing's healthy it's it's fine and you know you know sometimes you just have to send them out to get them reupholstered i'm sorry what yeah okay um, so we will not take up much of your time. I appreciate that. <laughs> How can I help you? We're, uh, transport. Transport to my, my, my tat. No, that's not the name of it. What's the name of it? Mirabar? Mirabar? 
Yeah. Uh, ah. Remember, remember we were here and you said to like let you know when we were going to head up that way and then you would talk to your people to talk to the people to talk to the people. Yes. This is this is that conversation. Good. Yes. All right. Uh, we got an appointment tomorrow. Oh, sorry, Bernie. Go ahead. I was just going to say we um we have something we have to take care of tomorrow a little bit in the afternoon. So we'd be ready to go anytime after three. Yeah, probably like late afternoon, early evening. If you need a little bit more, may- maybe the next morning if you need a bit more time to get your ducks in a row. But yeah, we're ready. That should be plenty of time. They've already been semi-warned that this is going to happen. So we tend to try to move quickly. That that will be fine. Um, yeah, meet back here about the same time tomorrow and we'll get you... Okay, yeah, we, yeah, is we'll it? What is how? Can, um, weather. What's the weather like up there? Oh, it's cold. Yeah, have you seen the weather outside? Yes. Yeah, did worse. Oh, cool. And who's our contact again? I thought I'd mentioned I'll, I'll be uh, making sure that she's warned, but uh, it's a, a, a lady named um, Carissa Kinneborough. So I'll be we've let her know the, the basics. And then now that we know a specific time frame, uh, once you come back, I'll have some some very specific instructions. We have a whole process that we do when we send people to the when we send people to the bastion of the last corruption. So I'll, I'll get that all taken care of. Sure. And um, you don't need anything else from us, right? Would you like us to bring churros? Do you need to bring churros? Are those required? No, like for when like when we come tomorrow, would you like a churro? I could bring you a churro when we come in. Oh, from the, no the chocolate gentleman sauce, outside. Though, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I get from Dave on a regular basis, but thank you. Ah, Dave. Dave's a good guy. He's a good guy. I can't wait for the chocolate sauce to come back. Yes, state me too. And so so beautiful and indulgent chocolate sauce. I think that's everything. You know, we're gonna. You look like you have um, nine thousand things to do and not enough time to do it in. So we're just gonna get out of your hair and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I, I like everything that you've just said. Yes. Bye. Thank you. Cool, Lauren. Is it the hour where stuff's starting to close up or are shops still open? Stuff is still open, but it's it's that. You be the you last know- minute shoppers. Yeah, you know when you walk into a place at 4.55 and the place closes at 5 and there's other okay. people in there, but everyone's got that, I I really need to get my stuff and get out of here so I'm not being that gotcha. asshole. We're not going to be jerks. Yeah. Okay, so Bernie, let's not be jerks, but on the way back to the tavern, let's keep an eye out for a place that sells heavy furs. Or earmuffs. They probably are one in the same. Yes. If not, I can kill a rabbit and make you earmuffs. That's also an option. Like the heads on one side and the butts on the other? No, that's not what we're going to do. Let's find a store right now. I will say, so yes, you can definitely do that. I will also say that you do, you did buy some winter gear the last time you were here. So you are relatively yeah, Winter well- gear for water deep, not the Arctic. Yeah. It's not quite the Arctic, but it's getting, it's getting up there. So but it's like going from like Ottawa to Whitehorse. We have an infinite dimension bag and an infinite dimension house. Yeah. We can afford to get a couple extra layers of clothing. You can always take off layers. You can't add more. This is very true. I'm going to say on your way back, um, you do find a place that's going to be close by the Golden Rock Tavern. It is closing up, but the guy's going to be open tomorrow. And so if the whole group of you wants to go back yeah, and I pick up some- I my head and I'm like, hey, what time are you opening tomorrow? Uh, sunrise. Sunrise? Yeah. All right, we'll be there after breakfast. Cool. Uh, Jonathan, you're just finishing up at the Amethyst Acropolis. Was there anything else you want to do there before you returned to the Golden Rock Tavern? No, he's, uh, he's like using his, uh, mage hand to do, like they're doing that, they're doing the, where they're writing out the same thing. And he's like, shh, shh, t- whew, 
All right. Well, Jonathan the Magimuscular sure is sure is beat. Hey, Bucks, how how about some stew at the Golden Rock? And you look over at Bucks where you had handed off a whole bunch of like treats for him to take care of. And uh, he is sitting there giving you a, a mental image of feeling a little stuffed. And he hasn't touched any of the treats. And you remember that he had an afternoon snack. Oh, right. Right. I gave him. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Um, no, that's that's fine. Uh, well, and I'm going to gather up his treats and put them away. And I'm like, okay, well, later, bud. And uh, yeah, let's. Let's skedaddle. And uh, he goes and he puts the reports in the envelope and puts them in uh, Blana's Addicts box, which I assume there's some sort of like in and out boxes for for people. Yes, absolutely. There is a wizardly bureaucracy here, not unlike the Ministry of Magic. Absolutely. I mean, hey, these people got to get mail, too. And her her box is an, an impressive wooden edifice outside of her door. And her door is closed and locked. So she has also gone home for the evening. Travancore, in these final few moments with this book, what else would you like to do? Before your friends arrive, anyway. Well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. Travancore is... This book gives him the heebie-jeebies. And he thinks to himself, you know, if there's an opportunity to tell my friends, I will. But right now, he's thinking the best thing to do is to get this curse lifted, and then he can look at this book with some measure of safety, or at least somewhat more than than if he does it right now. Okay. So he's gonna he's just gonna put it aside somewhere, <laughs> and uh, he'll he'll tell his friends if an opportunity comes up. Okay. Are you so you're leaving it somewhere, or are you keeping it on your person? I'm specifically keeping it on my person, like where okay. I keep my other my other gear. So I'm not gonna. It's a it's a book. It's a book of evil, you know, so not Even something necessarily you want to mess with. Not just something you're going to stick under the bed. Okay. Yeah. Moments later, for the sake of narrative expediency, everybody arrives back at the Golden Rock Tavern. Is there anything any of you would like to do this evening? Would you like to have that moment of conversation or are you just going to prepare for tomorrow? Can we assume we just tell each other everything? I mean, unless you want to role play out, yeah. If you just want to fill in everybody on the uh, conversation, I want to check this. I want to check in with Bucks to make and see how the delivery of the letters went. Delivery of the letters, because we I had him write a letter to give to uh, the Eagle Shields in case Thontorvac ate us. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he delivered them. Okay, uh, well I promised him treats, so I pull out my I'm like Everfresh box and I pull out a churro and I hand it to Bucks, and Bucks burps in your face. It's the cutest, tiniest little burp. All right, well, you can save this for later then, Bucks, and I'll put it back in the Everfresh box, back in the bag. Anything else anybody wants to do? Hey, Jonathan, can can you let Ma and Pa Eagle Shield know that we weren't eaten by dragons? Yeah, no problem. And uh, I really... Yeah, because you've, you've, you've messaged them before, or sent yeah. to them before. Jonathan the Man most realizes he's been using a lot of no problemo. But one moment, uh, and he puts his fists together, his eyes glow... And he sends a message to Daddy Eagle Shield. I can't remember his first Mouser. name. Mouser. Mouser, that's right. And he says, this is Jonathan the Magimuscular. We are safe. Carlton is safe. And we are back in Waterdeep. And a moment later, he replies, Next time, tell the boy to come and tell us himself so that his mother isn't worried sick for hours. As as he's giving this back, Jonathan the Magic Muscular, even though he's, I don't know if he was bigger than Mouser before, but he, he Jonathan the Magic Muscular is a very powerful individual, and Mouser, like, kind of being stirred with him, he's shrinking a little bit as he gets the message. I feel like Pa Eagle Shield's not mad at me, he's just disappointed in my yeah. actions. Yeah, 
Definitely. Which is the worst. And, and it's the worst. It's way worse. And you know what's even worse than disappointed? He is upset. I worried my mother. You worried mom. And now he has to deal with a worried mom. And so he is upset and disappointed. Carlton? Yeah? Mouser. Mouser said that your mom was worried. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Next time, he requests that you go tell them yourself. Before we leave, we're going to have to stop at that bakery shop where you got your anime desserts because I'm going to have to send, 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 send sorries. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's, uh, good, that's a good plan. Uh, I'm Jonathan the Magic Monster needs a drink. And with that third level spell, <sighs> he <Art>. has a drink. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Travancore, would you like to take the evening to chat with your friends or are you going to hold off on book chat? You know, there's only one way to decide this. No bonus. High roll, I tell them. Low roll, I don't. Okay. Nine. So, no. Not just yet. Not yet. All right. Then the evening, the rest of the evening passes quietly. You all get a nice long rest in the once again comfortable, spacious rooms of the Stocks Golden Rock Tavern. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.